Hello beautiful people and welcome back to another episode of Two Girls One Doc. One Doc. It's your girl BD. It's Florence the fiance. And we are back. We're back. With another episode. Another documentary. On another week. Trash. And um I am still sipping on the Moscato from the last episode mm-hmm. because we recorded these consecutively. Uh, and the glass back to remains back, baby. back to back, baby. It's kind of late. That's why um mm. I'm quite tired. But you know what? It's fine. We have a show to present, and we shall present that show. Okay. Uh, yeah. Any other opening thoughts that you have for the people? No, in? I'm just really hungry. Right. And on that note, so this week we are covering the Cleveland Strangler. And I will say, I'd never heard of this case, surprisingly, till I listened to a documentary, a podcast on it, uh, I think a week before I suggested this. And then we, then I watched it and I was like, oh shit. But I'd never, ever done, like, I'd never heard of it, which was so strange. Like, I'd heard of the other guy we've You covered. know why you hadn't heard of it? Come on. Why? Because he was killing the blacks. Oh, that's true. True that. Mm. I'd heard of the other guy that strangled women, though. Oh, the one we did, the confessions of a serial killer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know they only like to uplift one black at a time, so. That's true. The true. first black strangler or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, right. Cool. Yeah. So this is a Vice documentary. Um, Vice documentaries are, um, they are akin, will I say, to YouTube documentaries. So I'm just going to leave that with your thoughts and you can decide what that means. This one wasn't the that bad. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't that It wasn't that bad, but it just... It was weird. It wasn't Netflix, is all I'm going to say. Yeah, it was a weird documentary, uh, though. It was strange. Yeah, it was kind of like... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, anyway, let's... Just stay with us, right? So the documentary uh, starts and we see a lady called Inez Fortson, who is the adoptive mother of Talatia L. Alexander Fortson, who at this point I assume is a victim of the Cleveland Strangler because otherwise why are we opening this scene with this lady, right? So Inez is telling us how Talatia told her, you know, she'd be back to see her. She went away and she was like, I'll come back after a month. But she didn't hear anything from her. Um, She calls the police East Cleveland police, let's shout them out because they were terrible, right? She calls the East Cleveland police and never hears anything back. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Black woman goes missing. Nobody gives a fuck, right? So we see some courtroom footage um, and the judge, like, it's so crazy how they edit this because it's like the judge is naming, like, all the women who were, like, missing and, like, killed by this guy. This guy being Anthony Sowell. Uh, and, like, I swear there's a bit in the scene where, like, you can see that he's, like, sleeping during trial. It's yeah, just me. yeah, yeah. I was like, sorry, is this boring you? The fact that you've taken all these lives, like, is everything all right with you? But alas. So we hear that he was arrested in 2009, currently on death row after killing 11 women between 2007 and 2009. 11 women. That is a football a football team, is yeah. it not? Sorry, can I just it say is, also right? about, yeah. Okay. <laughs> can I just say also about Cleveland? I'm so sorry, like, for people in America listening, but, like, after Detroit, Cleveland is, like, the asshole of not Cleveland, Ohio. Ohio. And I'm saying oh, yeah, this is somebody you went who uni, went, it? Yeah, to uni there. Oh yeah, it's Cleveland, no, Ohio. Isn't literally, it? even before I went to uni there, like Cleveland, like Ohio is like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Like, are you fucking kidding me? But then, why me? did you choose to go uni there? I didn't choose. So basically, 
they put you in unis based on your course and they give you a selection. And, then, and I'm so happy I went there because some of the other places were very white. Right, okay. I would not have had fun the way I had fun. Yeah. I really wish I could go back and relive that semester because it was probably like one of the best periods of my life. I was like really homesick by the end, but during like, yeah, that was probably one of the best like periods of my Mm. life. It was a lot of fun. Sure was. Sure was. But yeah, yeah, it was definitely the, it's definitely like the asshole. Yeah. After Detroit, like what the fuck? So yeah. But yeah, so there we are in uh, Ohio, uh, Cleveland. So Anthony Stowell was killed 11 women between 2007 and 2009, right? Right. So in this documentary, it's like there's a narrator, right? Uh, and it's similar to like that Confessions of a Serial Killer. He's this guy and he... I don't know how he, we managed to make it about him, right? Because <laughs> he's telling us about his parents. Both of his parents uh, were, were cops, police officers, when like 11 bodies were found, like buried in this house in Chicago, right? And we see the scene of the narrator guy talking to his parents and kind of asking, why do you think that Sowell was able to kill for so long? And as we mentioned, like, it's the same thing every single time. Like, his mum is like... I think had that have happened in a upper-middle-class neighbourhood, first of all, they wouldn't have let that smell go on in that neighbourhood. So they would have sent somebody from the city. Somebody would have been out to check that out. Basically... That there were dead bodies piling up literally in this man's house oh, in Chicago, that's disgusting. Right? Because he's killing these women and he is keeping them in the house. Burying, I guess he eventually buries them, but like he's he's keeping them in there. And so there is this like rancid smell of like dead bodies, right? And it's like if that was if that smell was running through like a middle class neighborhood, no one's no one's, you know, no one's having that. And then she also says, I had a case one time where a lady had us had like 17 cars just running and looking all over because she had gotten robbed. Mm -hmm. And when we finally got the guy, I said, well, how much did you have? She only had $10 in her purse. I said, you had us doing all this running for $10? And my boss told me, he said, it doesn't make any difference how much money she had. It was her money and nobody had a right to take it from her. And those women that were crack addicts and prostitutes, whatever, they still have a right to be able to walk the streets and not have anybody take anything from them or harm them, especially not to kill them. It's the principle of the thing, which I agree with, but the same energy is not continued, is not passed along to sex workers, addicts, black people. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not... They don't keep that same energy, right? Because it's kind of like, oh, well, you deserved it if you weren't on yeah. crack or if you weren't doing this, then this wouldn't have happened. That's not the case. Whether you're doing X or doing Y, like, you, you should, should not still, have your life yeah. taken from you. Yeah. I just find it crazy that, like, you can kill people, leave them in your house and still... And live in that house. Live in that house. That's what I find really frightening. So you mm. go downstairs to make a cup of tea and there's just a body chilling there. Do you not Yeah, fear- but it was in the basement, though. Either way, it's still in the same house. I don't... But he probably is going there to look like trophies and stuff. He probably... It probably even makes him happy. You must be very disturbed. That's yeah, what I Yeah, of course say. you're very disturbed. You're killing 11 women. I, I can't even... Like as a normal person, you can't even the... fathom. Yeah, I can't sleep in the same vicinity as a cemetery. And I didn't kill any of the bodies there. What more? In my house? In my home. In right, my Exactly. So our narrator meets up with the investigators of that Sowell case, Melvin Smith and Lem Griffin. Um, so October 29th, 2009 is when the investigation started, right? So 
So some report, someone reports rape, and basically it's like her underwear was like left at the house. So investigators go to kind of like um, investigate this particular rape, and then they start discovering the bodies, and then it becomes a homicide investigation. And I'm kind of like, bitch, what about the rape? Like that still stands, but okay, whatever. So we see some crime scene footage. Uh, they show us like a skull in a bucket, which is very, very, very disgusting. Also disturbing. Also why? Um, and then Melvin and Lem are kind of describing the scene to us too. Many the smell and the fact that there were like rat feces and flies and just like everything oh. disgusting that you can probably think of was there. This guy was living there, cooking there, eating there. Like this kind of man, prison is probably going to be an upgrade for him because what? How are you inhabiting this space? Like but how are you doing he stank. Like he smelt terrible everywhere. But how? Yeah, he must do. Yeah. Like it's like, you know, when you make like stew or you make curry and it's like in your clothes, like in you, you go out somewhere else and you still smell like that. But imagine dead body. And the thing is that you can never get clean in that house. So even if you shower, you won't be clean. What is the shower? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Your shower probably even smells like, you're probably, your water supply is probably infected. Mm. Very disgusting. Very disgusting. So they find four bodies upstairs. And you know what? You're right, because the bodies are everywhere. They're not just in the basement, because they find four of them upstairs. They find um, one body plus the skull in the basement. And now they're like, rah, like, if we're seeing this many bodies in this many places within this one home, like, what else is there, right? They look throughout the house. They find more bodies buried in the garden. Right. Um, so we find out about his... Now, my notes seem really higgy-hagger, but the documentary was a bit like, nah, 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 you know, like yeah. in the shop. So we found out that his MO was that he would have oral sex with them, then vaginal sex with them. And I said, well, yeah, it was sex, actually, because they were sex workers, so he was paying for them to have sex with him. Uh, and then he would sodomize them while strangling them. That was how he That was how he worked, right? That's how he finished. Right. So then he sentenced, he sentenced to death. And he actually speaks at his sentencing. And he says, The only thing I want to say is that I'm sorry. I know that might not sound like much, but I truly am sorry from the bottom of my heart. This is not typical of me. I don't know what happened. I can't explain it. But I know it's not a lot, but that's all I can give you. I'm, you know, when you I say this is not typical of me, it's up. like, oh, like, if I'm at the office and suddenly I shout, start shouting at someone, like, I overreact to something, I'm like, I'm so sorry, like, I was having a bad day, this is not typical of me. You can't say this is not typical of me after... And also, if you then shout, if you then shout this? eleven times, if you then shout eleven times and say, "So it's not typical of me," and they go every Friday at four p.m., you shout like this is, is that you? You are like, this is actually so, a bit of you. Like the audacity of him. Like I, I'm sorry, I know it's not funny in context of what it is, but it was so yeah. funny to me when I was watching it because I was like, "Yeah, it is typical of you. These are eleven. Bodies. This is exactly this is what exa- you are. This is who you like, are. You can't say it's not typical of me when you've premeditated a murder, like." Yeah, it actually eleven. Is, it's typical of you, like, and you don't accident. Like, yeah, you can accidentally kill someone, but you literally sodomize and strangle these people. So you feel they're like whatever bone that is breaking your hand. So yeah, yeah it is extremely typical of you. This actually is your. This is your behavior. This, this is, is who, who you, you are. are. This is who you are. This is who you are. This nigga he said, said I can't explain it. He said, "What?" And he said, "Whoopsie lazy eleven times. <laughs> Get out of here. Get out." <laughs> So fuck it up like oopsie daisy. <laughs> oh my god. 
Stop it. <laughs> no. So he doesn't actually look like a serial killer, but of course, what does a serial killer look like? Do you know what yeah. I mean? He kind of looks, you know what he looks like to me? You know that guy, you know that cartoon meme where like, the guy's like rejected by the girl and he's like, in 10 years time, I'll be rich and you're going to be like... Oh, yeah, 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 like, yeah. He just gives me that kind of vibe. Like, he just looks like no one really noticed him. He was just kind of in the background. But to be honest, like, if even... he... I don't know how he smelled because I, I wasn't about him, but if he cleaned up, was dressed in a like well-fitted suit and you went out to a bar in a night and you were like in your mid-30s and he moved to you you'd probably have it he's not a bad looking guy yeah well, he just looks a bit strange does he it's because you know of his evils it's because you know of his not typical it's because behavior. he said that's not typical of him I'm like, <laughs> but <"Man>, it is <laughs> <laughs> the lack of self-awareness <laughs> there is none none and that's what you came to say if that was my family member and you, one of the 11 that you killed and you say it's not typical I, I'll throw my shoe at you it's I'm just like it's, he gave the same apology as like when I, I'm in like I'm driving and I hit the curb and I'm like oops yeah, yeah that's sorry that's sorry that's I don't accident. usually I don't usually do I this. don't usually yeah. do that like soz <laughs> so we learn a bit about him and like I understand learning about you know people and you know how they grew up and stuff but at the end of the day however you grew up however you grew up you killed eleven people and like I don't give a fuck about yeah. your childhood but I mean it was a bit peak he grew up in East Cleveland in the fifties in a black neighborhood um etc. And then in the 60s, local industry fails and they have like race riots. And then that that leads to white flight, which is when all the white people move to the suburbs and then like the black areas become the ghetto. So that's his story. That's his life. We now meet Melvette Sockwell, who is a survivor. And she's telling us about that time. Like loads of people are on drugs. Basically, East Cleveland is just a shit show. Like it's just trash, right? Mm-hmm. Um, We hear that Sowell joins the Marines. And I don't know why people that like Join the Marines and the Navy and the Army and all this. Sometimes they come back a bit, mm, a bit somehow. It, the, but anyway, it, trick, it like ignites whatever. Like PTSD and yeah. shit. Yeah. So he, but, okay, we'll get into it. So he joins the Marines. He comes back in 1985. He meets Melvette and then he rapes and tortures her. I have a question mark here because it wasn't exactly clear what exactly happened. But either way, he assaulted her in some manner, right? Mm. Um... But basically, Sowell gets a plea bargain and he's sentenced to 15 years for attempted rape, right? So this is 1985. He gets out in 2005 as a, and he has to register as a sex offender, which of course you do. Uh, obviously, um, Nicki Minaj's husband is not really aware of this, but that's what people do. You have to register as a sex and offender. And I hope. Right. So there's no DNA entered of his into the database, which... It's disappointing because I reckon that could have sort of saved a lot of lives. A lot of times. But then also maybe not because was anyone even really investigating these things until like they discovered... Because 11 of the bodies were there when the other lady was... Do you know what I mean? So I don't even know if having his DNA would have saved those lives. Yeah. Right. So during the documentary, we do hear like the names um, and times of when certain people go missing. And I'm going to say their names because they are important, right? Yeah. Um, so Crystal Dozier goes missing in June 2007. And then this is when the stench, and they say stench, you know stench really means like a foul smell. Like, like stench it's hanging is not like, in the air. Yeah, like stench is not like a fart. Do you know what I mean? Stench is like, it it's is... It's the part of the air now. It's thick. Right, right. It's thick, it's thick. You can't thick, even fucking thick. open... Imagine living there in the heat of the summer, you can't even open your fucking windows because, oh, your neighbour's a murderer. Like, what the fuck? Uh, did you even, like, did you not think about uh, that? Like, sometimes uh, when my neighbours are, like, barbecuing and I open the windows, it's like, oh, like, the smoke's all in my win- room now. Some, today I opened the window and I could smell, and I didn't even open, I cracked the window and I could smell cigarette smoke because my neighbour was um, smoking outside. And I literally was like, yeah, I'm shutting the window. Imagine dead body. Disgusting. Yeah. Disgusting. 
So, um, yeah, so this bit is really annoyed me, yeah, because, like, I mean, people assume that the smell is from, like, the corner shop, right? And we actually meet the owner in the documentary. His name mm. is Elias, right? And he says that, like, you know, um, what's his name? Um, Anthony Sowa used to always come in and he was really smelly, as Foreign said, and he used to buy, like, heavy-duty bags. And we learned that people in the neighbourhood would racially abuse Elias, basically saying he's a smelly Arab, right? Because mm-hmm. he was Arab, right? And it's like, fam, you're telling, you're saying that this guy, this one guy in his shop is causing this stench. Meanwhile, this nigga's collecting bodies. This nigga stinks. You don't like, you don't think that's the stinkiest person is the smell in the not st- concentrated. Isn't it that it, that's it, what it I'm stands saying. out a little bit? Like, he is the stinkiest of them all. So if he walks into the room and he's stanking, automatically, then I would be thinking, the, oh, that must be coming road. from him. Right. And it's like, people always say that, like, when you smell a dead body once, like, you know that smell, like, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't, you, you, there's no mincing words, like, you know what that smell is, and it's like, anyway, whatever. I never in uh, my life want to smell a dead body. Ever. Same. Same. Oh. So, um, Elias tells us that loads of people actually came to apologise to him when the truth came out, basically, because everyone was, like, racially abusing him. Mm. And good, they should have, but then they also should not have been abusing him. So now we continue with the timeline of murders. We have Tashana Culver, who was last seen in June 2008. We have Lashonda Long, missing in August 2008. Uh, this is the lady whose head was in the bucket. Proper, proper, proper sad. Proper sad. But that's like our last image of you. Um, health inspectors visit in the summer of 2008, right? And they blame this establishment called Ray's Sausage Company. It doesn't who paid, make sense, though. Who paid $200,000 to upgrade their ventilation. But it still smells. Now, I hope that Ray and his sausage factory, yeah? I hope that Ray they and his sued. Sausage. Ray, Ray and his sausage. Ooh. I hope that they sued somebody and got something. Because how? 200k. But the thing is that these health inspectors are do stupid. Because you yeah, walk in, Ray's sausage is not stinking. But next door is stinking. And you're still telling Ray's sausage to sort out the ventilation. Like, is That's your suit actually all right? Is your hazmat suit all right? Like, what the are you The thing doing? is that even if, yeah, you don't think that there's a murderer, because of course your first thought, the average human being's first thought is not dead bodies lie here, yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. But would you not even think, ah, come on, like... The smell is not coming from here. Or is it... Right, yeah. It's a fucking sausage. Like, sausage doesn't stink that bad. I guess if you're throwing out, like, the the raw meat, but even at that, even Yeah, but it will smell like raw meat, though. It will smell like raw meat. Not dead body. Right. Not something fouler. Or more foul, sorry. Not Jack Fowler. Not Jack Fowler. (laughs) So, Vanessa Gay, this is now September 2008, right? He invites Vanessa Gay over. They smoke... And then he punches her and rapes her multiple times, right? And she survives because we see her testifying. And it's proper sad. Like, she escapes. She manages to escape. She calls the police. And they say that, like, no, she has to come in to give her statement. Like, she can't give it over the phone. And so she's scared. and She doesn't want to go. So she doesn't go. She doesn't give mm-hmm. her statement. She just doesn't, right? Mm-hmm. So we see her today. And, like, she's had... She had... Her story is really strange to me because, like, she had a really good life. She got into, like, the street life in her 30s, which is late. Like normally, when you're in in the streets, like you've been in the streets, like you've. What if that's me? Like I've had a. This is what I. That was my thought. I was. You thought it was like me. No, 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 about me, sis. I was like, what if I get to my thirties and I'm like, oh raw, like now I just spiral and now like literally, I've had a good life. What if I just? Because she had a great life. Like everything was fine. Her family was like, you know, doing all right. Like she had a good job and everything. Um, but yeah, the narrator asks her about her experience reporting to the police, and she says, "Probably one of the most hurting things, because." If a person does something wrong to you, you're supposed to call the police. Now, if on the other end of that phone, 
you feel more betrayed by those people than the person that hurt you, whether you do. You know, it, it was just a feeling of hopelessness then, you know. And not even just by the police, just the community didn't understand what I was going through. So she also says that it wasn't just the police, but it was also the community who didn't really care about her because at the time she was a drug addict, which is a really sad place to be in. It's kind of like, yeah, like just because you're a drug addict doesn't mean you don't deserve care, love, and yeah. you know, help and all that stuff. Um, so this makes a really good point about the police when she says... And I understand that they have a very hard job, but you chose this job. Have some compassion for um, another human being. That part. Like, I get that being a police officer is hard. Like, I'm sure it's not an easy thing to be. Yeah. But, like, sort it out, mate. Like, you know, this is your job. You chose this job. I'll yeah. force you to be here. Yeah. Right. Like, if they'd taken her seriously at that time, maybe all these other women that are going to... Would still be alive. Would still be alive. Exactly. Mm. So we're back to the timeline um, of missing women. And we have Michelle Mason, missing October 2008. Tonya Carmichael, November 2008. All of these women were reported missing. No one give a fuck. So now we meet Clarence, a barber who knew many of the victims. And he tells us they were all drug addicts. They weren't taken seriously because of this, as we've mentioned. He was kind of sexy. Yeah, yeah. In a, like, he was a definitely kind of way. a bit of May. Yeah, in a Cleveland kind of way. He also says lots of them reported so well, but there was no investigation. Meanwhile, this man just came out of jail. He just came out of jail three years ago for uh, attempted rape or whatever. No one thought, oh, actually, maybe we should, you She's know, the first take a look into this guy. Yeah. No one cared. Cool. So now Gladys Wade, um, in 2008, she was attacked and dragged home by Sowell. He strangles her and she fights back and she runs and she survives. And she runs to a restaurant and they decline her. They're like, no, we're not letting you in, right? So she flags down a patrol car and then two officers go to Sowell's house and see blood and they see like evidence of like something going on here. They arrest him, they book him and they assign the case to this person called Georgia Hussein, okay? And Georgia Hussein decides that it's appropriate to just file robbery charges mm -hmm. and neither a charge of rape nor assault, right? So she files robbery charges and then she releases him. I think Georgia should be in jail. Yeah. Uh, I think that Georgia is culpable in the f all the murders She's that She's retired now. I went and I found her. That's her own. She should be in jail. That's where she should have mm -hmm. retired. Um, Georgia actually goes to the house and surprisingly, amazingly, one might say, she doesn't smell the rotting flesh. I don't know what it is about Georgia. I don't know what her nostrils are saying. But Georgia she had didn't... COVID. I think Georgia had COVID. I think Georgia Bin had COVID, a pioneer. 2008, Georgia had COVID because her sense of smell, gone. Literally, it's she finished. did not... She said, I didn't smell a thing. Like, she, she, said, she I don't know who that smell is. She said, I don't know who that smell is. <laughs> Sorry, did that smell? Like, she didn't... She didn't smell a thing. So. Yeah. He's he's alive and he's he's released and free to kill. So now he's uncharged, right? He's living his best life, and he kills Kim Smith in January two thousand and nine, Nancy Cobbs in April two thousand and nine, Imelda Hunter in spring two thousand and nine, Janice Webb in June two thousand and nine, and Talisha Fortson in June two thousand and nine as well. Six. Was that six months? And Diane Turner in September 2009. So that's seven. Oh, that's six. Yeah, that's six. Six actually. after he was released, based on so Georgia, Georgia has six bodies on her head. Yeah. COVID knows. Okay. Right. Right. So April 2009, right? Um, a woman reported being raped by him, but no one did a rape kit. September 22nd, 2009, um, the sex offender people follow up with, um, what's his name? Anthony Sowell that same day, right? Uh, and he basically, remember he invited that Latundra, well, he he invites Latundra Billups 
Latandra Billups, yeah, that's her name, to smoke and, you know, chill and drink and stuff like that, right? This is September 22nd, 2009. He tells her to take off her clothes. He rapes her. He strangles her. She escapes. He tells the police. And this is basically full circle now because this is the woman from the beginning who is like, you know, he did this to me. My pants mm. were at his house. Uh, and then um, the police pass it to sex crimes, but they don't move forward for a month. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to a month, October 2009. Um, Sean Morris has... Oh, Sean Morris, fam. This, this was one sad. was just like, what? Sean Morris is another woman who encounters Anthony Sowell and she has to throw herself out of the second floor window to save her life. And we actually see CCT footage of Sowell following her, right? Naked. And his neighbour, like, recounts this story. Damnest thing I've ever seen in my life. She was butt naked. Then she was bleeding out of her mouth and nose. I saw Anthony Sowell come around the corner and he was naked. He said, man, this is my woman. And we was fucking... And she fell out the window. That shit just didn't sound right, right. to me. I called nine one one. First time in my life calling nine one one. You right. know. And this is what I mean about like being like, like holding men accountable. Men like, instead of looking the other way and being like, oh, fam, what crazy bitch? Like, oh, they were fucking like and she fell out the window. Being like, now nah, something is wrong here. Like, mm-hmm. this is not normal. And then calling the police or you know doing something. So he says he calls nine one one for the first time ever. And this is how you know the blacks they don't trust the popo. They do not at all. He, they do not, but this neighbor was like, This is wrong, this is weird, something made right. I have mm-hmm. to call the police. So he calls them, and Sean is unconscious for three days. For some reason, Sowell is the one who takes her to hospital. No one questions him, and he calls and threatens her and is like, Fam, if you speak, you will be in big trouble. Basically. It's just the running out naked that was crazy to me. Like, she ran out, and then you run out with cock in hand. Right. Anybody like trying to see that? Desperately trying to escape to run yeah. out naked. To, your thought was just es- get out. No, of I'm here. even talking about her because I understand why she ran out naked. Yeah, I'm saying, I understand. I understand why she ran out naked. But I'm saying, I'm saying the fact that she ran out naked. Like imagine the imagine her mental state yeah, at that time. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. And With him, he he's thinking I need to get her back asap. Yeah. That's what he's thinking. He's thinking I don't have time to on on my pants. Just imagine this naked guy running up to you, trying to have this conversation, and you're like, "Bro, like your dick is out." Like, what the Leave fuck? Me alone. And the neighbor just being like, "What is?" You know, if that was in London, you just shut your door and say, "Okay, well, yeah. none of my business, none of my business." Mm. Um. So yeah, nine days. Um. After twenty ninth, now we're on. Um, Latandra Billups, the lady he attacked, um, files a report, and then we get that SWAT raid. Um the same day where they're kind of like oh there's the pants it was a rape but here are some bodies let's focus on that kind of thing mm. um we speak to a former officer who says that they were understaffed uh and that the force didn't really rape black women that's kind of what he says you know what i mean yeah. and they're drug addicts like one plus one equals nobody cares kind of thing um and so they had like 14 detectives on 1371 cases <laughs> Like, let's do the quick maths. Let's actually do it. Let's do it. So, 1,371 cases divided by 14 police officers is 97.9. So, like, 98 cases each. And each of those cases will require you following up, talking to witnesses, doing an investigation. It's actually impossible. 
Like, how is one supposed to do? And then, and then, like, more crimes are coming. More crimes are happening. Yeah. It's not as if, like, you this know, crime has ceased. On a daily basis. It's not said pause crime until we sorted these cases. Crime is continuing. Like, I get it. That is wild. But again, like, it's the life we need to figure out why there's only 14 detectives available yeah. for such cases. Um, It turns out 73% of cases were dropped and over 4,000 rape kits weren't even tested. So why are we doing the rape kits if they're not yeah, going to be tested? No What's the point of that? Um, in December 2014, there's a report about the um Chicago Police Department. Chicago, you know, how did we get there? The Cleveland Police Department's um failings. Same report as one they did 10 years ago. We get a bit into, into police brutality and justice. What else is new, right? Um, and then we meet, like... A policeman basically saying that, you know, we can't solve them all. People to expect him to solve stuff like like riddles. And I'm like, yeah, because it's your job. Like, it's your job. Solve, like, solve he's them. acting like, oh, he's doing this volunteer, like as a volunteer. And people <laughs> yeah. are like, he was very weird. Like, it just seemed like no. he just wanted to wear his oversized trouser and leather jack. And like, then have his holster, his gun in his holster. He was moving like we were in Subway and I was like, look, like someone's missing. Like, can you solve? And he's like, fam, I'm here to make your, your sub. Like, that's yeah. how he was moving. Like, people expect me to like solve crimes. I mean, and it's like, yeah, nigga, that's a job. Like, what the fuck? Like, literally, people expect me to solve crimes. Like, yeah, because you are a detective. He's like, me? Detect. Who, me? Yeah, that is literally your job. So strange. He was a really strange guy. I was like, why did you even he give him airtime? Weird. Like, I feel like he's one of the, like, he, one of those, like, Typical donut police officers. Like he just wants to eat his donuts, drink a coffee, yeah. sling and about like, his abuse people. Yeah, sling about his like gun, and that's it. Like anything yeah. that requires brain power, Actual he's not work. on it. Yeah. yeah. So the documentary ends with a slideshow of pictures of all the victims. It's really sad, but very necessary, I believe, because at least our last image isn't of like their bodies or yeah. you know, them in, in a bad way. Like, we see them smiling and happy and stuff. Um, I actually did some research for the first time ever. Mm. Um, just about him and his life, and I just went on Wikipedia, basically. And it turns out he was actually one of seven children born to a single mum. But then there were seven other children belonging to Sewell's sister who also lived in the household, um, and they moved in with them after his sister died from, like, a chronic illness. So let's recap. So seven children born to his mother, right? So he's got six siblings, right? One of his siblings had seven children, but she died. So now there's seven extra children in the house, right? Right. That's a lot of chilling. That's a lot of chilling. So apparently, Soel starts raping his niece on almost a daily basis for two years, starting when she was 10. Fuck. Right. And that's why when he's saying, oh, this is not typical of me, this it has is. been typical of you. Like, this is actually you. This is actually very, very much you. Like, the moments you're not raping and strangling are atypical. Yeah. Like, you are literally, typical, this is who you This are. is your daily routine. This is who you are. This like, brushing your teeth, yeah. Um, thankfully, um, he died from a terminal illness on the 8th of February in 2021, which is the one year anniversary of our podcast. So we thank God we thank that he's God. no longer with us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was just some extra facts. So wait, what happened out. to the niece? I don't know what happened to her. Fuck. Yeah. And also there was some conversation about, so where the house was, they were meant to turn it into a memorial and they still haven't received funding from the government to do so. And, like, the kids left behind. So the kids of his victims just haven't received any um, therapy or counselling either. It's so, so all, all around has been a fuck you. Like, Talisha, one of Talisha's, um children tried to commit suicide because he felt like he was the reason that his mum died. Yeah. And then, like, and like even fun, some of them man. still don't have headstones because they were told not to purchase headstones for their family because, like, the, the state would do it and it just didn't. 
So it's just like a continuous fuck you to the victims. It literally, to the victims and their families, literally. But um, that takes us to our new segment. The real crime, I think, was the beard. Where we focus on something during the documentary that may not be criminal, but we definitely consider to be a crime. You're looking at me like you don't have one. I've got one, though. Have you got one? I just thought of one. Okay, do you want to go? I was going to say his smell. Although I did not smell it. The descriptor at all alone tells me everything Mm -hmm. I need to tell. And I think it's it's really a crime against humanity that one can be allowed to smell like that. And be around others, yeah. yeah. Now, mine ties in quite nicely to that because not just the smell, but the real crime, I think, was them blaming Elias and the sausage factory for said smell. Because in what worlds could one... How, how? Because how? How? They don't Unless you're mixing your shit in with the sausage, it's not going to stink like that. How? How? I just, I just, I don't, I just don't even know. And even and, making it a memorial, like, can that, yeah. can that land ever smell the same again? And I'm, I'm sure, sure the smell these, must be these, in the in the in the in yeah, grained. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like those houses, they did not look maybe semi-detached at best. At so, the best. So your neighbours, I'm sure that smell seep it is seared into a, the walls. Mm. Even if you knock it down and start again, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that yeah. that's I don't I just I don't know. The only thing we can take solace from is the fact that he is burning in the hottest hell possible. Yeah. Yeah. That's where the peace He lies. did. Amen. Amen. Cute. Yeah. Wow, that was a. Uh, that was interesting. Lot. I find the case yeah, very interesting. It is very interesting. It's like, how did you get? I think it is partly because he looks so unassuming as well. Yeah. Like he just looks like some any guy. Like I wouldn't cross the road if I saw him. Well, maybe because he's a man. He but, looks like, like a black guy feel... from Fillmore. Is that what that show was called? Oh my god! Can you respect Fillmore, please? Okay, we'll see. I'll post it. I'm telling you, he can does. You, can you put some respect on Fillmore's name, please? Because you're not wrong, and that saddens me. <laughs> anyway, Fillmore, Fillmore was fighting crime. Fillmore was the detective that that other detective wishes that he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what. That's who he thinks he is. Yeah, that he is. Yeah, but he can never. He could actually never. 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 Ooh, well, ciao. Yeah. So next week we are doing Piers Morgan. I'm just annoyed that it's Piers Morgan because I fucking hate him. Yeah, Uh, yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame, but it's an interesting Piers Morgan out of the title. I might just put the rest of it as the title. Yeah, (laughs) it's an interesting um, documentary nonetheless. So I'm looking forward to discussing that one. Um, And the people can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok um, at Two Girls One Doc. And they can find you uh, on here at the bottom of a mascot bottle. BD on iWear.com, um, where you can submit your, uh, what was it? So basically, I do virtual eyewear styling right at the moment. You guys can fill out a questionnaire if you're not sure what kind of glasses will suit you. And I will find some for you and send you the link so you can purchase them should you wish to. Okay, I can't guarantee how timely my response will be, but a response you will receive at some point. Eventually, yeah. And you can find her on her other podcast, Character Replay. And also on Instagram, Twitter, um, 
Oh, that's pretty much it. Instagram and Twitter. I was going to say, what else again? Two underscores. underscores. And at the end of the aisle. Whenever that's going to be. I went to an amazing wedding and I was a bridesmaid and I looked gorgeous. (laughs) And I was remarkable. Um, and the wedding was great too. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was a really good time. Literally, I, I for a second, yeah, I was like reconsidering my elopement for a yeah. second. Yeah. But I reckon by the end of this week, I will return to my senses and I'll be like, yeah, back. To I reckon you'll have a wedding. It might not be but massive. I kind of yeah, I kind of was like, oh my god, like the way that I feel right now, I don't really want to rob my friends and family of this feeling that I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And you don't even want to rob yourself. Because I feel like you put on this whole thing, oh, yeah, look, da, 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 da. And, like, yeah, like, obviously it's expensive to have a wedding and stuff. But, like, I do think you would want to look around that day and all the people you love are there celebrating you. Why would you not I want to I want to look that? at myself as well in, like, a really nice dress. I think it'd be amazing. Okay. Whatever, for, <laughs> whatever you say at night to sleep well. Same. No, but I was thinking about my bridesmaids and who I'd have as my bridesmaids, and I've decided. I will be so pregnant, I probably wouldn't be able to see the feet. My feet. Yeah, my God, I, I feel like I feel like if I were to have a wedding, you'd actually be pregnant. Because looking at your timeline, from what we've discussed, I reckon that you will be. But can I still oh. be a bridesmaid even if I'm pregnant? Yeah, as long as you can. Some stand, people don't you? like it. They're like, oh, no, okay. like it ruins the and I'll be like to your baby, oh look, you were there. <laughs> as long as you're as long as you're a useful individual, I don't mind. Don't come and be saying, oh, I need to rest my ankle. That's your own personal problem. So as long as you agree to those terms, and that's fine. You can be. Of course, but what's a useful individual? I'm not going to be running counter skelter. That's that's your job. Do you know the health scales? I was like, Vicky, Nigga, you are not pregnant. Thing. Okay, so don't be pregnant then. What do you want me to say? I'm trying to say, I'm trying to include you regardless. And you're trying to say you don't want to be included. Wait, okay, so let's not me? argue over hypothetical children. Okay, uh, unconceived. <laughs> and hypothetical weddings. <laughs> and hypothetical weddings. One day my kids are going to listen to this and be like, Mummy, so was I hypothetical? No, darling, you were it's loved you above were, all others. You were thetical. <laughs> you were thetical and you were prayed for. And I'm so happy you were born of love. Uh, yeah, but they will be born of love. From this point on, they can be on. born of a drunk night and not pulling out. <laughs> we'll be born of back shots. Failed birth control. That is like I remember. Stop no, it. I remember one time I was talking to my best friend. I was like, to him, oh, I really feel like the day I conceive, I'm gonna feel it, and it's gonna be." You're gonna feel it. I remember you and, saying this, nonsense. and he was like to me, "You're gonna come back a drunk one day. You're gonna fuck." And you probably wouldn't even remember that you fucked and then you'd be pregnant. And I really haven't forgiven him for that. Do you know what I feel like will be because for anyone who doesn't know, this girl is pregnant, so called, so called, every three months. She'll be like, oh, I'm going to take a pregnancy test. Oh, blah, 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 blah. And what is it negative? Because fucking is. I reckon, yeah, that the, that the time you actually are pregnant, yeah, it, you will not even think to do a pregnancy test. Yeah. Of all the pregnancy tests that you've done, just just literally like, she might have just eaten eaten something and now she's bloated. Oh, I think I'm, <laughs> I think I'm pregnant. Did you even have the sex? Yeah, but these things happen. <laughs> like literally... I reckon the time that you actually conceive, you're not even going. Yeah, I to, think so. Like, you're not even going to think about it. You're going to just three months did later. You, did I like, oh, you apparently that thing that Annette tagged me in? What? Where it was like, I think it was a meme, and the person was like, "Oh, me um, eating something, eating something that makes me feel sick, taking a pregnancy test." I said yeah, it to I you. Yeah, I, I saw it. I saw it. I liked it. Yeah, I liked it. Anything... I do reckon that I that I would be pregnant for a good like two or three months before I'm like, oh shit, like I ain't. Like, had a period in ages. Like, what's going on? Like, yeah. and then I'll be like... What are we going to do about pregnancy? How are we going to drink on the podcast? Oh, well, I don't think we should be discussing that on the podcast because then people oh, are going to know I'm pregnant like, oh. before I'm ready to announce. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> well, give 
microwave whole cookie recipe. What the fuck? Not the cookie. <laughs> yeah, that's Guys, a very good point. Actually, we're discussing this offline as is because I haven't drank in ages. I'm not. Yeah, but you did. You drank the other day when you came to my house. Okay, fair enough. But or yeah, did she wink, wink? I'm just trying to. <laughs> get sexy for this wedding ew, ew. Ew. i'm very excited i'm very excited for your wedding like the way i felt at vicky's wedding i was like wow like it's gonna be like this at your wedding i mean you probably felt like that though because you knew the groom too do you not think yeah probably yeah true but then also like the love i have for you is a lot i don't know if you know that i don't know if i've said that enough i don't know you don't you don't do you not think me and showing me and oh do you know i don't what, feel guys? special good when was the last time you told okay. me i'm going to hang up you love me and that i was sexy okay you don't make me feel like a woman no more okay all right all right guys I'm guys we love you thank you for sticking with us and listening to this rambling yeah around. if we're still here then wow Wow. wow. Do you know what we love? You. That's what we love. Thank you. you. I'm starving now, love. so. What are you going to eat? Um, my mum brought out beans. Your mum brought out what? Beans. beans. You know me, I love beans. Like Nigerian beans. I love yeah, Nigerian beans. I love Nigerian Yeah, but your farts are going to be wild though. No, it actually doesn't have that effect on me. I think I've not? been like no, desensitised. So she brought out beans, something in beans. Mm. There's also effo. Mm, I love effo. We're going to have it with rice. Not beans and effort and rice, Jesus. Then I'm really going to be like thinking I'm pregnant. I might yeah, just I have guess beans and effort. Or... <laughs> we'll see. Pick a carb, any carb. Literally. <laughs> no, but beans are protein though, right? But they have some carbs like in them. Like legumes. It's just going to be too heavy in. if it's too much. Yeah, fair. Let's have a little bit of each, isn't it? We'll see. Then you have to boil the rice and that's long. Well, I'm really thinking about going to go and get the food rather than talking about it, so. Oh, she said piss off, bitch. Right, okay, well... <laughs> Fine. Oh, I was going to say, do you know what I'm really into these days? What? A salad. Really? Yeah. You're not a salad At all. But basically, he made it, yeah, and he had, like, the leaves and then, like, avocado and these, like, tomato things. And then, Who made um, it? The love of my life. Would you think I would be making salad? This, this nigga, hmm. 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 Okay. He ain't made that right. shit for me. Do you know, I don't know what I was looking for. <laughs> and I just saw, like, two tweets on... Like, I was searching for something in particular that I tweeted. So I put some, like, keywords in. Mm-hmm. And then I just saw, like, two tweets there where I'd literally been like, oh, my gosh, I love my best friend's man. Um, My best friend, I'm so happy that my best friend's with this guy. Like, And then there's another one that's like, oh, when you I actually have a friendship tweets. with your best man's man. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? I'm a bit too obsessed with what your... Were the dates? What were the dates on, the, on these tweets? They were, like, separated. Like, they were, like, months and months apart. I've never seen these tweets. I'll send them to you. I'll go. Oh, find send them to again. me. He'll be so gassed. He'll be so happy, man. Yeah, yeah. Maybe don't send them. His head is already big. Yeah, huh? I said maybe don't send them. His head is already big. Uh, send them let to that me. man's head grow. He's a good man. If I ever did see, I a think there was like what, there was one where I was like, <laughs> oh, like she, <laughs> I said she, there was one where I was like, oh, she literally found like the one decent guy left or something like that. And this was before I found my man. So, oh, so there was been, two like, clearly. <laughs> my heart has been swelling for, for this guy for a long time but yeah. okay fine we'll have a wedding fine fuck okay oh god I, I get it that's it all this one you've been saying is your own business I've already planned the wedding so <laughs> okay that's fine just let me know where to be and what time alright so, well we are going now yeah the tell him I want the eat. salad as well the, next the salad time. yeah okay cool yeah next time you come in it roll through alright guys see ya bye Charity, I've never met your son, Paris. I'm about to go inside that prison. 
What advice would you give me about actually coming face to face with him and how I should interact with him? I mean, I think you should interact with him just like you do any other person. He's a human. I mean, be nice, be personable, be polite, because that's what he'll be. Nice, personable, polite. He's very charming when he wants to be. I mean, he is a psychopath. I'm about to interview a murderer, unlike any I've faced before. Psychopaths may seem like us, but I want to find out how their minds really work. All right, let me go down there and get this to him, and we'll start the clock on you when he comes and sits down. Paris, here we go. Come on over here, buddy. Paris Bennett is a diagnosed psychopath, and with an IQ of 141, he's considered a genius. Uh, so you're going to be talking to Pierce Morgan, OK? OK. The prison regards him as so dangerous, they've insisted I interview him behind toughened glass. Hello, everyone. Paris. How are you doing? Good to, good to see you. Thank you for agreeing to do this. We appreciate it. You're welcome. To help us better understand Paris, I've called upon two of America's leading experts. Dr. Casey Jordan is a specialist in criminal behavior. Mark Safrick has over 20 years at the FBI, profiling violent criminals. I mean, he's going to try and play me, isn't he? Of course. He's going to think he's smarter than me. Because yeah. if for him, it's a game. And he's got an hour to get over on you. And he's smart enough to try to do it. Mm -hmm. And he's narcissistic enough to think that he's smarter than you. Yeah. And he's researched you, I guarantee it. Mm -hmm. And uh, he is sizing you up faster than you're sizing him up. The experts believe his mother, Charity, will be in danger. She's watching this interview to assess the risk. Her son was a juvenile when convicted, so he could be released in just eight years. He walks out of that prison, and if anything happens to me, everybody's going to know exactly where to look. So maybe, in some way, it's an insurance policy. But it's one you don't want to have to cash, because you wouldn't be here. Seems like this should go without saying, but the last thing I want is for my child to murder anybody else ever again, especially me. Okay, so I got you starting at 11.05. Okay. You have until 12.05. Thank you very much.